Welcome everyone and thank you for tuning in again to A Healthy Obsession, the podcast covering soccer culture from around the world. My name is Adam Thelwell and the show is brought to you by Small Goal Soccer. On this week's AHO show, I'm joined by Dennis Crowley, entrepreneur and founder at Social Networking Sites, Foursquare and Dodgeball. But more recently, Dennis has been focusing on projects in soccer. He's founded a team in the MPSL called Kingston Stockade FC in New York and is involved in Street FC, which is alongside friend of the show, Kyle Martino. And I would say there's a little bit of everything on today's show, really, from entrepreneurship to what it's like to start your own soccer team. Dennis kind of walks us through uh, why he wanted to start his own soccer team and kind of a step-by-step process of what that was like. It's really interesting. We're going to be talking about the Street FC project and US soccer at large. There's loads of different bits in there, something for everyone. We appreciate you tuning in and checking us out. Going to get into the show now. Cheers. So how did you get into soccer originally? Um, so, gosh, I mean, I I didn't play growing up. I played when I was like five years old. Mm. Uh, I didn't play in high school. I didn't play in college. I didn't start playing until, um, you know, probably about like 10 years ago. And a bunch of my friends in the city were like just fans of the game, players. And, you know, after – it was really after um, the U.S. went on that run in the 2010 World Cup. Mm-hmm. a bunch of my buddies were like let's put a let's put a uh let's put a team together like a club team together in the city seven you know seven on seven nice and i was like i want, I want to play but i you know I, I hadn't played ever like and, and certainly not with real athletes that weren't five years old um and uh yeah it was a super like awesome but humbling experience and you know at the time i was so knee deep in, in foursquare stuff that it was mm-hmm. like a really awesome distraction nice. to go from like you know trying to run this tech company to, you know, then going on the pitch and being like absolutely the worst person you know, <laughs> on the, on the field, if not in the entire league. Right. Which, which was just like a, is, is a nice way to balance thing out. But like, you know, I, I still play, I try to play in the street of C games. Um, you know, I play, I play pickup when I can. I, I'm still, I'm usually, I'm not the worst on the field, but I'm usually like the third worst. Right. But at least I'm, I'm making some progress. Yeah, and, and that's so interesting. Like with the programs that we run across the country and you get people that have just never kicked a ball or they're brand new to it. And I love seeing that uh, people just want to join in and like it's accepting and it doesn't matter like if you're sort of like a, a messy type that, you know, played all kinds of crazy levels or you've just never kicked a ball before. I think soccer's a, a really good, a good sport for that just to kind of get in and have a little bit of a, a taste and see if you like it or not. Yeah, that's like the, the fun thing about working with Kyle and Street FC is like Kyle's obviously like, you know, world-class player. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, me working alongside him and I'm like, I just don't even belong on the pitch in some of these like intermediate Street FC games. Yeah. But to be able to look at it, look at that product from the perspective of like, here's a five-star pro and here's a one-star beginner. And how do you make a product that works, works for everyone? Yeah, because it's, it's it's interesting you phrase it like that because it's such a different customer base, right? Because you, you can get sometimes uh, a lot of egos running around, specifically in sports or in business as well. But you, you get this uh, like this. There's so much of a gap between those levels that you know it's to blend those two together successfully can be challenging. Yeah, I mean, you always get people that are like, "Oh, this game's not high enough level for me." There's someone yeah. dragging me down. And then, you, you know, you get people that are like, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable playing anymore because I don't want to be the one that drags the game down. Yeah. So how do you create, you know, like a safe and welcoming environment for players of all levels? And, you know, how do you, how do you have software do that? Like, that's like a really interesting technical challenge. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, like a, it's almost like Tinder for soccer players. It is, it is. I mean, we, we look at a lot of the stuff that we're doing is like, it's it's like it's it's like oh it's more it's almost like uber right you have to mm. manage the resources you've got a couple beginners over here that can play in brooklyn at seven o'clock and you've got a bunch of you know uh, advanced players that want to play in manhattan at you know six o'clock so how do you how do you kind of yield manage all of the data and assets that we have to put together programming for people yeah and, and the one of the fascinating things that i've seen over the years i've lived in the states is that it's very hard. Self-awareness can be lacking sometimes is that like one person will 
come into our organization and say that they've played here and there and they've played with this guy and and yeah. they, they show up and they're just they're maybe not a stronger player or somebody shows up that's like we had a, a girl come in and play and she was playing at Stanford and she said uh, it would like an entry form well yeah I'm okay I'm all right and she comes out and she's just a baller so I guess it's just like a little bit of that as well right a little bit of self-awareness about what you can do yeah, I mean, this is the problem that we were, you know, wrestling with a couple of years ago when we first started building this stuff. Like having a mix of like, what is your self rating versus mm-hmm. how do other people rate you? And then, you know, if someone rates themselves a five and probably <laughs> them a three, like how do you how do you communicate that back to them gently? Where it's like you're not as good as you think you are, <laughs> <laughs> or you're better than you are, right? But how do you do that in a way that that is not like insulting, you know? Yeah, yeah, that can be a, a very fine line to walk, especially with some of the uh, the personalities that you see playing sports as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's all it's it's it, it it's super interesting because it's so it's so complex. It's got lots of interesting personalities, and at the end of the day, you're just kicking a ball, which is which is great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, as far as Street FC goes, what what kind of stuff are you guys working on right now on the? Uh, with everything that's going on just with the pandemic and whatnot, what's been 2020 first street? Yeah. Well, street FC, like we, if you ask me in January, it's like, this is going to be a huge year for us. We'll expand to other cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have thousands of members in New York and just when it was about to take off in, in March, like we basically had to shut it down yeah. and we kept it shut down through the, through the, through the summer. Um, and now, I mean, there's, there's games going on now in New York. We're only in one city. We're only in New York. We're not we're running a handful of games a week. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of people that want to play. Um, but, you know, we're, it's, it's like every day or every other day we're having the conversation about, like, do we, do we keep playing? Do we shut it down? Do we keep playing? Do we shut it down? And, like, pe- people love it. It's, it's, a good, it's a good product. It's a, it's a great game format. The, the app does what it's supposed to do in terms of bringing people together of similar skill levels. Um, people have a great time doing it. It's just like that. It's, it's like 2020 is not the, the right place for this product. And so like, I'm sure we'll continue to play games as long as we can. And then we'll just, you know, we will keep looking forward towards a rosier pandemic free future. Yeah, it's, there's a little bit of responsibility as well, right? Especially for like a community driven project like this and a community uh, sport like soccer that you've got a responsibility not to like press it too hard. But you've also got the the business part of it that is like, when do you tap the gas and when do you hit the brake pedal, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, like the, like the, the blessing of it is like Street FC, it's like it's a it's a company, right? But it doesn't have any full time employees mm. at the moment. Right. Like if we had raised money, say last January, and we hired a staff of 10 people, like then, then you're in a different situation. Cause like, you know, we probably would have laid people off. We probably would have just like kind of shut the company down. Like we're kind of in the position where, um, you know, there's a lot of people that help out and certainly some people getting paid to be game captains and organizing stuff, but they're not like full-time people that this is like their, their, their livelihood. And so, um, you know, we've been like that, that'll be street FC in the future, right? right? Where we have, you know, paid employees on salary, but like, like we, we, we don't, we don't have that at the, at the moment. Yeah. It's nice that you're, you're nimble enough right now that you don't have to go through that. I suppose that's a, a business advantage for sure. Yeah. Um, still, still tricky times to navigate, but we'll, yeah. we'll figure. no doubt. So, so tell us a little bit about your other projects, your, uh, your stockade FC projects, really cool MPSL team. So tell, tell us a little about how, how that came about. Yeah. Um, gosh, remember that club team I was telling you about the one that I played on with my buddies. Yeah. yeah. We, we, um, the club team isn't around anymore because most of the guys moved to, you know, moved up to Westchester and just, you know, aren't, aren't in the city every night. Mm-hmm. But, um, we went through a phase. There was, it must've been 2016 or something, 2015, where we were out at a bar in Brooklyn, like after playing one of our games mm-hmm. and, you know, it, we, you know, it's our seven aside. I can't remember if, team. I can't remember if we won or lost or whatever. And we were just like, what would have to happen in the world for our team? Our team was called Alphabet City. What would have to happen for Alphabet City to, um, you know, to play the Red Bulls someday? And you're like, I, 
that can happen, right? Like there's the U.S. Open Cup. Like what, but yeah. what would happen? What, what, what has to happen to our team to qualify? And no one really knew the answer. Mm. And then the next day I just kind of was thinking about it and I just spent like a day on Google, like a totally non-productive day at work, just learning about lower level soccer and the different tiers, the different structures. Like it introduced me to teams like Chattanooga and Detroit. Um, and I, I just was kind of like, we, we, we should do this. We could do this, right? Not, not Alphabet City, but like, let's make a team. Like let's, yeah. let's put it in Kingston. Let's make a run at the U.S. Open Cup. Like that's a cool project. And then, uh, you know, I was thinking let's, you know, the first thing I did was get on Google and be like, okay, how, how do you make a soccer team? And there was no, there was nothing. Right. And I was like, well, if there's nothing, we should, we should be the guy. Like if we're going to go through the trouble of learning how to do this, we should write the instruction manual for the other people that want to do it. And yeah. so it's like, okay, let's make a club. Let's do it in Kingston. Let's build a build community around it. Let's get some amazing players. We'll make a run for the open cup. And then let's be super transparent about everything. Let's spend extra time doing all the writing, doing all the research um, and then spend time advising clubs and try to make this like a movement where it's like, yeah, every community should have a club like this and, and we're here to help you do it. And, you know, that, that's kind of turned into like a, you know, a thing on its own, which mm -hmm. is super, super interesting in all sorts of different ways because you get to have all these conversations. I meet all these people that have made clubs that are, you know, loosely inspired by the stockade story. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, I don't know, it's just, that's, that's, uh, it's really rewarding. It's, it's rewarding on a, on a local level because, hey, when we're, you know, our season was canceled this year, but when we are, you know, when we are playing is a thousand plus people that come together in Kingston, New York, two hours outside of the city, a relatively small, small town, small city. And it's just, it's just wild, super enthusiastic, like addicting experience. And so that's, that's super rewarding. Uh, and then you hear about all these people that are trying to create similar experiences in their own communities, which is also like rewarding in a different way. And what I found interesting when I was reading, for anyone that hasn't read this, by the way, these medium pieces are amazing. I'll share the links from them. It's, it's very interesting. Whether you, you're into soccer or not, it's almost like a, a manifesto of how to kick almost anything off. Really cool. So what I found interesting was that it's the hyper-local part of it that it, I read and I thought, I didn't even know where Kingston, New York was. And a lot of the soccer stories you hear coming out are about big markets, right? So Austin FC. And I thought, here's this story about you can be successful with going really hyper local instead of mass market. So what was the what was the approach for you where you were looking at these leagues where you thought MPSL was the right one instead of going up the chain and going USL? Or can you get involved in an MLS team? What was the, the differentiator for you? Yeah, I, like we didn't, I think the thing is we didn't look at it as like a business opportunity. I wasn't like, where can I make the most money in soccer? I was like, I, I want to build a thing from scratch. I want to learn how to build it. I want to try to teach other people how to build it. And so where's the most cost effective way to do it? Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the NPSL, like we, I looked at all the leagues, uh, you know, PDL, USL, uh, NPSL, um, and it, I looked at it as like, this is just a, it's a cost effective way to be in a, in a real league and play real teams. And, and I also, I looked at like, okay, what club do I, what club do we want to be? I want to be like Chattanooga. I want to be like Detroit. And they were in the NPSL at the time. They got their start at the NPSL and they, they grew to the point where they, you know, they, they like outgrew the, outgrew the league basically. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a, this is a good place for, for us to start. Um, and you know, it, the buy-in, I think, you know, back, back then was like 15 grand. I think it may be like $18,000 now it gets you into the league. You pay fees of, you know, 5,000, 5,500 bucks a year to be in the league. And then you can run a team on a budget. You know, you could spend 50 grand on the low end. You could spend, you know, 200 grand on the high end. We spend around a hundred thousand dollars per year to, to run the team. We were about break even, you know, plus or minus, a couple thousand bucks, um, you know, really dependent upon like, did we get new kits this year or did we not? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, and you know, did, did it rain a lot on our home games or did it not? Right. Yeah. But it's, so that, that's how I looked at it. But, but once you get started in the NPSL, you, know, you kind of, you know, you get your club up and running, you can start to look around and be like, Oh, what, like what's next. Mm. And, you know, I, I really like the vision of the, of the league, of the NPSL, right? I'm on the board of the league, too. I should mention that. Yeah. And, you know, as a board member of the league, we kind of set the, like, 
set the vision and mission for the league. Like, why does this league exist? Why do you want to have your team in here? Why is this a good home? And we think of it as like, you know, the NPSL is where you start if you want to become like an entrepreneur in soccer, right? Yeah. This is a great low cost way to play a short season with an amateur team with, uh, you know, against other high quality teams, mm. uh, not, not just high quality on the field, but like high quality owners, like owners that aren't assholes, you know, people that pay their bills on time, you know, people that like you go to travel a game, they will, they will, you know, give your team food at the end of the game, right? Like good, high quality part partners, basically. Yeah. And, um, you know, what, what, if you can do that, you're like, well, how do I go from being three months a team? I'm sorry, uh, playing a three month season to playing a 10 month season. How do I go from having an amateur squad to a pro squad? How do I go from, you know, like once I have a pro player, can, can I transfer them internationally and get paid for that? Um, can I have a women's team? Can I have a youth organization? You know, and so you, you start to, you know, if you, if you look at the term like soccer entrepreneur, that doesn't mean like, hey, I, I have a men's team that plays a couple of months out of the year. It means like I have a brand and, you know, in my, our case, it's, you know, Kingston Stockade, uh, you know, the soccer team. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what do you build on that brand? Uh, men's team, women's team, youth team training facility, camps, merchandise, whatever, you know, like we're only doing, you know, we have a men's team and, and we, you know, we try to do one or two youth clinics, not a camp, but like mm -hmm. a, a one day clinic a year. But we, you know, you know, on the whiteboard, there's a thousand things we could do. And now that we've made the, made our platform, um, you know, the stockade platform, we get to do those things. But the platform, the stockade platform is built on top of the NPSL platform, which we think is like one of the fundamental building blocks for lower level soccer in the United States. As far as the NPSL goes, there's a question that I get asked not only from friends in England, but here as well is how the NPSL might be structured. Is there a vision for promotion and relegation between the divisions or is that just something that's a little bit more idealistic right now and it's, it doesn't suit the fundamentals of the league? I, I think that's what everyone wants to get to. Mm. It's just very hard for like one league to work with another league yeah. um, to, to do this. Cause every, every, every league's got their own, you know, every league's got their own corporate structure. Like the NPSL is a nonprofit and, you know, USL is a for-profit company. Mm. Um, you know, NPSL is low buy-ins, UPSL is much, I'm sorry, the, um, the USL is much, much higher buy-ins, right? USL owns, owns your branding, uh, owns the IP, like, NPSL, like it's your team, you, you, you own it, right? It's, it's, so it, it's, it's hard to do this. You know, like the, the league that is most similar to the NPSL is probably NISA, right? Mm -hmm. um, not NISA, I'm sorry. Uh, um, UPSL? No, 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 I'm, I'm, I, I didn't mean NISA. I'm sorry. I, 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 gosh, acronyms. It's acronym soup. And <laughs> yeah. So 20 different acronyms for soccer leagues. <laughs> no, no, it, 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 it is NISA, right? And so this, this idea that like, you know, can an NPSL team grow up and become a NISA team? Like, sure, that's what Chattanooga and Detroit did. Mm. Could, could Stockade do that someday? Maybe, but now is not the right time for us because like, it's expensive. You know, you get a, a pro roster, you're traveling around the country, right? Yeah, it, because uh, and, NISA's nationwide, right? So you, all of a sudden your travel's like New York to California and it's, it's yeah, yeah. regional. But, but like NISA's, what is it, like eight teams now? Like if, yeah. let's say NISA is... 20 teams like oh well then the travel is 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 less daunting so maybe that is something that we can do wow. but like you think about like you know how do you build a bridge between you know upsl and npsl how do you build a bridge between npsl and nisa right how do you build a bridge from nisa to whatever's after nisa sure. right um and, and and that's the infrastructure it's just it's hard to build and, you know, our, my, my personal opinion, and, you know, like I've been kind of an outspoken advocate of this, is like, it's, it's the USSF's job, like the governing body of soccer in the US, to lay out a plan and say, like, hey, we want all the leagues to connect. Here's how we think it should go. We're going to, you know, reward you, incentivize you, help you, compensate you for, for doing this stuff. Get to work, right? But there's, there's no leadership at the USSF that, that and, and, and like from a, from a relative outside perspective looking in, I look at this from obviously like a, a supporter's point of view, but also a business point of view. And I think, would it just not be beneficial to USSF and all of these different leagues that you've just mentioned to unite and have this 
uh, entertainment factor of, hey, guess what? You know, Kingston are now got Kingston Stockade are now in a promotion race race to go up to Nisa and how exciting that would be for everybody involved. And again, that's probably perhaps naive from the outside looking in, but you would think the board members of the USSF might, that might trigger something and be like, yes, we need to do this because of the entertainment factor, which means in turn, everybody's club and the business will grow at large. Uh, yes, that is super logical and makes lots of sense. And unfortunately I do not, think that is the goal of the USSF, right? You know, like, it is a whole, whole different conversation, but, sure. you know, sometimes you, you look at, like, the you know, politics in the United States from, like, a presidential election point of view, and you're like, how are they getting this so wrong? How do they not have people's interest in mind? Yeah. And, like, I think that type of thinking sadly extends through lots of other organizations, like one of which could be, like, the USSF. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole, whole, whole other topic. You know, like, interestingly, you know, if you want to get into like the nuts and bolts of it, like the NPSL is like, gosh, it'd be great if we had a formal relationship with NISA. How do we do that? But NISA is also like, well, we're a league and we, we charge expansion fees to come in. Or, mm. So how is that? How is that? Con how does that work? Like you can't just promote someone and get them in for free. Like th there's there's answers here. And even if got even if Stockade got promoted promoted into into NISA, like I, you know that would that would ruin our budget. I'm like I, I'm not you know okay now I got to get pro players that's half a million dollars now I got to fly my players around the country that's you know half a million dollars okay now I went from a hundred thousand dollar budget to a million dollar budget and that's you know ten x the budget it's just not realistic like that's that's the cost that I have to pay for winning the league like it's it's just not there's there's a thousand different problems and it's not to say that it can't get done but you you need someone to stand up at the top of the pyramid and say i got a vision i'm going to help you we're going to do this together and, and that, that, it seems like there almost needs to be some sort of like in england when someone goes down from the premier league to the championship you, you get a parachute payment your club gets a parachute payment so they remain financially viable without that yeah. premier league tv money right so <clears throat> i wonder if there's something that uh, like you said, this is kind of going down the rabbit hole. We could talk about this, uh, the nuts and bolts of this. But if someone goes up from the MPSL or down from NISA to the MPSL, that there is this kind of financial support structure in place for clubs uh, to, you know, either enhance them because they went up or support them because they went down and they don't just like wash away because they got relegated, for instance. Yeah, you, I mean, like when when your club moves up, like you get a cut of the broadcast revenue from the, the bigger, more prestigious leagues. So you're instantly getting, you know, um, you know, your, your, your sponsorship budgets increased, your, your TV revenue contract is, is increased. You know, it's just the, we, we don't have that in the, in the U S like, I, I don't, you know, like, I don't know what the arrangement that NISA has or the USL has. Like, are they getting paid to broadcast their games or are they paying to have them broadcast, right? Is, is there enough revenue earned from that? We can split it between the teams and it's meaningful or actually is it coming out of the team's pockets? You know, like that's, we're just not, we're just not there yet. You know, like yeah. you hear about, um, you know, uh, you know, ESPN or whatever bidding for rights to the, you know, to the NFL. And of course bidding for rights for the, for, for the MLS, but like, d does that trickle down to the rest of the pyramid? Like it, it currently does not. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you would, you would need, you, you need to find a way to make, make that happen. And that's, you know, it's just like a, it's a longer way off. Yeah, for sure. And as you said, you need kind of a, a pioneer at the top of the, the pyramid, so to speak, that wants to make all of that happen. Right. And has to shake everything up, which is big disruption for your MLS, your USL. That's, it's, it's a big shake up for those guys. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it all comes down to leadership, right? I think the leadership at the USSF can't even agree to pay the women, uh, you know, right. equal pay. So, like, yeah, yeah. a whole so, bunch of things that are backwards. So, so, so I also wanted to ask you real quick, what were your thoughts on the difference between when you started this up? Obviously, you guys were the founders, but a lot of clubs now are moving in the direction of um, – 
co uh, supporter ownership um, and the supporter owned model versus uh, one owner. What, what are your thoughts on that? And where have you seen some of the clubs that have been successful doing this? Like if we were starting tomorrow, what would your recommendation be as sole owners? Or do you think that there's some merit to supporter ownership as well? Yeah, it depends. Like if you, if you have deep enough pockets, it's certainly just like easier um, to, to just, you know, pay it out of pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think, um, you know, Stockade is set up as a, as a nonprofit, you know, I'm the original investor in the club, mm -hmm. but like, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting it to yield me some amazing financial return. Like I do mm -hmm. it super fun and interesting and awesome. And yeah. uh, you know, it's like my, yeah, I just love it. Um, you know, be, like the, our fans don't own a percentage of the club, but that doesn't mean that they're not fans. Like they're like, they they love the team. Mm. Um, you know, like, in, you know, my, my other job is I run this technology, technology company. I started this technology company, you know, whatever, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, when, when we started it, you know, you, 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 you raise money from investors and, you know, we sold, you know, 20% here, 15% here, 10% here in, in order to get the, 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 the money to build the club. And that's basically what fan ownership is. Like supporter own doesn't mean like the supporters own the whole thing. It means like, okay, the people that started the club, maybe they sell 20%, 10%, 15%, 50%, whatever. They, you know, they make that available through a pool that people can buy shares or buy options in. Um, and does that help raise money for the club? Yes. Does it help some people feel a stronger like connection to the club. Yes. Mm. Um, you know, if, if you're cash strapped, is that, is that a good way to do it? Sure. Right. You could sell, uh, you could sell equity to the fans. You could sell equity to another investor, to an investment group, you know, to, yeah, there's, there's lots of different options there, but I think um, like, it's, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to do. It's a lot of like paperwork and legal fees. I know Chattanooga did it. I know Detroit did it. Uh, I'm a shareholder in both of those clubs now, which I'm, I'm honored to be. Uh, like I'm not a huge shareholder. I own like a, like four shares. Right. But like, you know, I, I sure. that's important. Like I feel connected. I, I, I feel like I got skin in the game in a sense. Um, I'd love to do it with stockade someday. Maybe someday we'll figure out how to do it. I, I think I saw Portland, uh, Portland city. I think it is. We're recently coming into the MPSL maybe. And, they were going as a supporter owned as well. I wondered about the coexistence of a major league soccer team in a town with an MPSL team. Like we're, we're in Phoenix, Arizona, for example, we've got Phoenix rising here of the USO. So a lot of the conversation that our groups had around this has been, can an MPSL team exist in a town where a USL team or Portland, for example, I've got an MLS team down the street. Are we at that point where the market can, uh, actually support both of those organizations without them both either just cannibalizing each other. Yeah, it, it depends on the, it depends on the market, you know, mm -hmm. um, for sure. Um, it also depends on the, on the club. Right. So even though it's like, Hey, it's two soccer teams in, in the same town, mm -hmm. like the experience is totally different. Like we, we, we don't have the same thing, but like we have something like kind of similar, like in, in Kingston, you can drive, two hours into the city or you can jump on the train in an hour or whatever and get and go to the city and see you know, an NYCFC game or, <clears throat> or a Red Bulls game. But like, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks to take, you know, you and your kids in and then you're going to pay, you know, whatever, a hundred bucks for a Jersey and you're right. going to pay, you know, $9 for a Coke and 10 bucks for a hot dog. Right. You can come to a Kingston game, right. In which, um, you know, in which like it cost you $20 for a family of four to get in, which like a Coke is a buck out of the vending machine, which you buy it, you know, a t-shirt for 20 bucks from the merch stand, which is run by volunteers. You know, your kids go up and you're, and they talk to the players after the game, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different experience. And if you're like a real soccer snob, maybe you're like, Oh, I, I would never watch a D4 game when I can go down and see. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> these former Euro stars play it. Yeah. Uh, in, in Yankee stadium. But, um, uh, you know, but if you're just like, listen, I want to inspire my kids and I want my kids to see something awesome. And you go to a Kingston stockade game and people bang on the drums and there's smoke bombs going off and kids running around and you're like, this is, this is a great use of $20. So it's, you know, there, 
they're they're both clubs they're both teams kicking a ball but like they're they're doing different things for different audiences um and, th and that's why you know like one of the things that really surprised me um you know after the first like two years of stockade is is people like you know my first team is stockade but you know i'm also like i'm also an nycfc fan mm. being like well you like us more than them and they're like yeah this is my team i live here you know like i i you know that you're the you know our our striker is a bartender at the do at the bar down the street on the weekends like of course that's my club and i'm like I, yeah I, I get it i i just didn't I, I don't think i really understood that until i i saw it and uh now it it, it totally makes sense to me yeah, and I think it's easy for people to forget that you can almost like have a team at certain levels, right? Like maybe you've got your major league soccer team, but you've got your you've got your English Premier League team, and you've got your, your yeah, yeah, Kingston yeah. Stockade. You can do it all, right? You don't have to do one or the other. I think people forget that, especially in modern day football, anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one of the like, like even just like talking about this, I. I, I love the club so much. And I, I love talking about this stuff. Like I, I haven't gotten this animated or excited about a conversation forever, just because like I just I, I just I love this thing. And, and that's great. We, we didn't have it this year. We didn't have it in 2020. Yeah. Because right? of the season was canceled. But you know, like in June, like some of the fans were so like hungry to to see the teams play that they um, there was some guys that made. Um, uh, you know, what is it like pro evolution soccer? You can just make your own teams. Yeah. Like FIFA. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't do it in FIFA because like in FIFA 20 or whatever it is, because yeah. like you, you just can't, I don't think you can you make a team from scratch. I, I can't remember. Yeah, that. I yeah. they're, doing it, they're doing it in PES. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you'd see stockade play with, with our crest, with the real players, names <laughs> on the back. And so you're awesome. watching it, it's like, holy cow, like, it's, it's kind of good enough, right? It's better yeah. than nothing. That's and it was, it was awesome. But to see the fans rally around that was, 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 was awesome. It's, it seems like there is like a bigger movement now as well, just for, for people for people wanting more of what you're describing, like people wanting a, a little bit more from sports and their clubs where I've lived here for 10 years now and I, I never noticed that originally when I moved here, it was all MLS was kind of looked at like, eh, yeah, maybe that's okay, which has changed a little bit over the years, but it was all like EPL, La Liga. But now it seems like we're going back the other way where people do want this sort of by local mentality of, look, I want to be able to talk to the players or the owner. And yeah, I, I feel like I'm more, I have more skin in the game. I'm more buying with this. There seems to be kind of a growing movement, which I'm sure you're seeing just as a owner of the club, but also on being on the board of the MPSL that like people are wanting a bit more from, from their entertainment, I guess, or their, their supporter. Uh, support a lifestyle, I guess it would be. Yeah, like there's a whole, you know, if you talk to like marketing people or branding thing, there's a whole like authenticity in brands, like being super authentic with the community, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot, there's a lot of like manufactured versions of that. Yeah. You know, like I, I look at it through the lens of like, um, like I got two kids, right? And mm -hmm. so my three-year-old, he he's never he doesn't remember a stockade game. He's never really experienced one. I was heartbreaking that he couldn't, um, we didn't have a season this year because I was so excited to take him to the games. Yeah, yeah. My, my daughter, who's almost five, right? Like she's, she's been to the games. Like she's met the players. She's been out in the field. She's kicked the ball with them. And so, you know, she sees it. Now I want to, like, I've, but I've never taken her to, you know, to like a, a Red Bulls match. It was like, look at this this is like a big version of stockade there's twenty thousand people in the stands mm -hmm. and i, and I want to do that and i want her to understand like there's big soccer and there's small soccer like one, one of the most meaningful things that came out of stockade and, and and one of the metrics that we were like loosely tracking was um you know the number of kids that tried out for the high school soccer team one year and two years after uh, after stockade right came to came to town and the coach was like night and day you know like three times as many kids show up at tryouts and i was like 
you think that's us? And he's like, a hundred percent, that's you. you that's know? awesome. Kids come to the stands and they're like, whoa, if, if I'm a good soccer player, I could play on this team someday and play in front of a thousand fans, like that's in incredible. my own town. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll choose that. I'm not going to play basketball. I'm going to play soccer now. Huh. Like, I was like, okay, that's, that's meaningful, right? When the kids run down to the field and they meet the captain of the team and they realize like, well, the captain of the team just talked to me, just signed my hat. He just you know, sign my jersey. Like he's a real person just like me. He's accessible. Like that's meaningful for the kids. Like there's the whole thing. Like you got to see it to be it. Like you have to be able to relate to these people. So if you can, if you can take a kid and be like, see them, they're playing soccer and you play youth soccer. And then they play youth soccer long enough and be like, you, if you're good enough, you can play on this team. Mm. And then you can take them to a Red Bulls game. It's like, and if you're really, really good, maybe someday you can play here. Like that's the, the spectrum of, of how, like, how to inspire kids, right? And so like, you need youth soccer to, de- to do it. You need, you know, lower level adult NPSL quality level soccer to do it. Mm. And then you need pro soccer to do it. And so it's never like, oh, youth soccer is stupid or MLS is stupid or NPSL is stupid. It's like these all play different roles in the, in the process of creating fans, creating players, inspiring kids to play, encouraging kids to stick with the sport and, you know, just, just showing them what's, what's possible. And it's funny because we've, we've had this conversation with uh, Phoenix, especially around Phoenix Rising, because a lot of fans say, well, I, I can't wait for them to go into the MLS. And I said, look, everything that you love about this club right now, whether it's like dollar beer nights or, you know, players coming over and signing your shirts at the end and a lot of like that accessibility will just disappear. And all of a sudden the tickets, like, as you said, it's a hundred dollar day out now instead of a $20 day out. And a lot of that changes. So I guess you gotta be careful what you wish for as well. Right. But yeah. Maybe that maybe that's just down to the club and what the evolution, the plan of the evolution for the club will be. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I mean, I, I don't. I want to like. I'm not shitting on any of the of the, the leagues or anything, but it's like, you know, like even if you're not if you're not paying a hundred bucks, take your kids to the MLS game. You can you're still watching them on TV, right? Sure. Yeah. And and you're like these these are these are the pros. Of course, it's a totally different thing to take take your kids to the game and they be like, whoa, right? Yeah. You know, um, and that's like, I, I haven't had that experience as a dad yet. And I can't wait to do that. Right. Yeah, like amazing. my, my yeah. experience of that was my dad taking me to Fenway park. And, you know, I, I obviously still remember the moment of coming up and being like, Whoa, this is a big little league. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, you know, that, that's, just, that's, that's cool. And then, then there's, you know, one, one level beyond that, which is like, you know, Pulisic on the, on the cover of feet, wasn't he on the cover of like FIFA yeah. 20? Yeah, right. I think I think FIFA 20. Yeah, the, maybe maybe even this year. I mean, it might even be 20. And, and you look at all like the the you know the hot shit U- U.S. players now, the, the kids that are playing at all these European clubs, and you know, so, okay, you're watching the you're watching the the Premier League, Bundesliga. You're seeing U.S. kids that maybe were were in U- U.S. youth systems, you know, like in in the system before as as you know, on on you know in the states on the American side. And you get that whole that that whole storytelling, but like it's not like as a I think like as a as a parent like you, you got to do the storytelling. It's my it's my job as a parent to do the storytelling. Youth NPSL MLS that's just not part of U.S. soccer culture. Like right. U.S. soccer culture starts at MLS, and, mm. and that's that the, the the opportunity that's missing is like well show us how the kids got there. Yeah, that's right? a great point. Show us how those guys, how did that twenty-two-year-old get to that club, and did, did they what 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 role did they play? Uh, what, what role did lower-level soccer play in helping them get there? And, yeah, and, and will we see a stage where it is like that? That pathway changes from I don't know how many kids are still going through the system so of like high school club soccer, college soccer, and then going into the pros where kids just stop playing college soccer now and maybe go to an MPSL team, uh, USL team, and then they get a jump. Maybe they get scouted and they go to Europe or wherever they go from there. But like that pathway is there that I wonder if that system will kind of fade away or maybe it is already where kids do start going to lower level football teams instead of going play university ball. I that's, I mean, that's, that's what happens in the European system, right? right. Like in, in the U S it's like, you can get a free college education through a scholarship. That's the, you know, that's the sales pitch, right? 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, you can't make a living playing world level soccer. Yeah. And then, you know, that's like, I think in a way that you, that my understanding is that you, you can do so. You can be playing D4, D3 and still supporting a family, um, yeah. you know, abroad. Yeah, if you're, if you're a professional footballer in England, pretty much all the top four divisions, you're making enough money to, even now, there's enough money in the fifth tier, which is not considered professional. Well, some of the clubs are, but some aren't. But a lot of those clubs in the fifth tier now, even like I've got a couple of friends that are still playing in fifth tier and they're making enough money to support their families. And that's like fifth tier National League English football, which, I mean, the standards, it's okay, but like it shows that you can do it over there. But like, as you said, you can't do it here. And will like, will there ever be enough money around to entice people away and then pull them into doing that versus, as you said, the sales pitch of the college education, right? And the university education. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a super, super interesting topic conversation. You know, it's, it's worth noting that, you know, we're like division four mm-hmm. and division four, no, no one's getting paid, right? right? Like I have college guys on my roster, so I'm running an amateur team. I can't, I, I physically cannot not physically, I logistically cannot pay the guy, yeah. pay, the, pay them anything, because then I, I will, I'll ruin the eligibility of the, yeah, of the, that's the right. So um, do any, do any NPSL teams pay their players, or is it, is it just no, like a, like a league rule they can't? It's a league rule that you can't. You, you, there's a difference between um, your professional player that gets paid mm-hmm. and a professional player on a $0 contract. Interesting. So you can have a professional player that you don't pay any money to, but they have status as being a pro so that they can, you know, be in the FIFA TMS system and be transferred around the world. Like we, I cannot, my, my players are amateurs. Like they're still in the university system. Mm. And like one of the things that's really screwed up and limiting about us soccer in the lower levels is you cannot have an amateur player, uh, a, a, a registered amateur player on the same team as a registered professional player. Hmm. So you have to choose, am I an amateur team or am I a professional team, right? I, I, I would personally love to have a mix of yeah, like, I like 10, 10 college guys and I got 10 pro guys. And even if I'm not paying the pro guys anything, I can, um, you know, I, I, I can still put them in FIFA, in FIFA's TMS, the transfer management system. And if they get picked up by a club in Scotland, get picked up by a club in Australia, as has happened, right? We have sent players elsewhere um, in the world, uh, Iceland, Sweden, Scotland, uh, Tasmania, uh, Australia. Um, but we, we, don't, we don't get anything for that. Get transfer fee. Because they're not registered as professionals and therefore they're not in FIFA TMS because they cannot be a registered professional on a team with a registered amateur. So you've got, you've just got to play the, the probabilities basically of like what's, what's better to not play the players at all or move them all to professional status so that you can transfer them and bring revenue in for the club. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, um, we are a more competitive team on the field when we can use uh, ex- like current college players that will return mm. to school or guys that just finished their eligibility. Mm. Like that, that's how we, that's how we win games. Like at stuff. some point, will there be enough talent in the, in our area or will we be able to bring in enough talent or, or pay the talent, whatever um, in, in, in order to not use college guys? Probably. I just, I don't know when, and it's, it's be more expensive for us. But I certainly, like, I'm, a, you know, I, Dennis, am a registered user of the FIFA TMS system. Mm-hmm. I just don't have any stockade players in it. And, like, you know, on my, on my wish list of things, it's like, get a, get a player in there someday. Yeah. Like, transfer them over. Yeah, right? that, that, I, have, I have this wish list of goals for stockade. Yeah. You know, the number one on the list is, like, get back in the U.S. Open Cup, host a home game in the Hudson Valley. Never been done. Yeah. Home us open cup game in the in the hudson valley that's like that's what i want to do and, imagine that against imagine that against red bulls or uh, new york city fc it'd be amazing uh, that, yeah i mean i'm just thinking like chances are we would draw another local team which would probably yeah, yeah. be a team from long island or a team from boston who cares right yeah yeah play a game play a home game locally us open cup and then win it i mean i just like my mind got blown even just thinking about that 
Right. It's 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 such a romantic like part of football. We ever everyone knows the story of like the the FA Cup in England, and it's like the U.S. Open Cup has got that magic. Like it's such a. It seems like maybe the U.S. Soccer Federation sleep on it a little bit. I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't follow that part of it closely enough. But like every time I look at this, I think yeah, this you, you've got even teams that are not NPSL, but like there's been teams from Arizona that have gone into this Open Cup before that are in essence they're like pub teams <laughs> you know they, they've put their names in and it's like that that story that, that romanticism of that kind of competition is like is really exciting what was it like like you know recently in the u.s christos made that that run against right. dc united right yes yes that's right I, I mean that's like fairy tale stuff but, but it, like, it happens in the fa cup all the time but it happens in um it happens in the u.s like once every couple years right and and so like i always think of it through the lens of like um you know, as a runner, like I, I go, I run in the morning. I've run a couple marathons. I've never done a good job running a marathon. I've never hit any of my goals running a marathon. Um, but like a marathon, you train and you train and you train. You have this one day where you go, for, you know, you have to run the race and you either have a good day or you don't, you're trained or you're not, and then it's over. And if you want to do it again, you got to freaking train and train and train and train and train and train. And, and that's, that's what the, you know, that's what the soft, like the NPSL season as a run-up to the qualifying for the Open Cup feels like for me. You know, you tried every year, you get, get, get all the way in the season. It's like, did you make it? Did you not make it? Shit. You didn't make it. You a long off season. Yeah. You guys training all again. It's just, a, I mean, it's like, it's soul crushing as a process. But once you do it, you're like, you're hooked on it. Are, are, are a lot of your guys, like a lot of the players and maybe even your coaches, are a lot of these guys like just happy to be doing NPSL. This is like, this is the doing the bartending they're playing. This is like a really just a, a great either piece of their playing career that they're just happy to be playing at this level. Or do you have like a, a lot of guys that are trying to make the jump and like push on and go and do, whether that's like leverage through the open cup and a, a run where they get to play against some, um, some different teams and get more exposure or is it a bit of a hybrid? Um, you certainly you get a mix. You get like some guys that know this is like their last chance to play in front of a crowd. And you got some guys that are like, you know, this is the smallest crowd I'm ever going to play in front of. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a star and I'm going to go to the next level. <laughs> and, and the platform exists for both, both of those players. Yeah, that's cool. Right? Um, and you know, some, like some of the most rewarding things that come out of the club are players that like thought that this was going to be their last chance playing. And that's like, Hey, come over to Sweden. We're going to pay you. We're, we're going to, pay you to train and play and you can play third division. And, you know, even if they don't stick around for more than a season, they're like, I did that. I was a pro player in, in Europe for one season. And, and, you know, did Stockade help them do that? Like we didn't transfer them. I didn't get them an agent. I might've put some clips on YouTube for them. I might've kept them in shape. You know, I might've given them some experience playing under pressure, playing in front of a crowd, playing against, you know, good opponents. Um, And so, like I look at that as like that's a that's an achievement for our club, even though we we didn't do that for them, they did that themselves. Yeah, yeah, and no, that's really that's really cool. It's, it's good that like it'd be interesting dynamic the the locker room with guys that are such different like varying parts of their playing careers. The interesting dynamic. Yeah, well, you know, I was talking about that that you know list of of achievements that I want us to to hit someday. Like at some point do we do we have a guy that played for us that is um that somehow makes the you know um uh the the men's national team right mm-hmm. is that crazy like chris wondolowski like he was an npsl player before right. maybe the dynamics of u.s soccer and, and the path to be on the national team and the landscape in general has changed so much that like the NPSL is not, is no longer like a pathway that is common, mm. but like I have that on my list of things that I want to accomplish, you know, and, and not just for the men's team. Like I, I don't have a women's team, like a, a women, I, I want to have a women's team, a women's stockade team. I want them to play on the same day as the men's team. Someday the women's play first, someday the men's play first, every weekend's a double header, you know, um, someday are we doing the same for women's soccer, right? Like, that that's that's the stuff that i i think about right like stockade when i look at it that's like the project 
I will spend, I want, it's a project I want to spend the rest of my life working on. Not full time, yeah. right? I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna be a coach. No one would want me as a coach, but I always wanna be the guy in the background being like, okay, we did that. What, what, what's next? What's the next impossible thing that this club can achieve? Well, and, and like the, it seems like the penultimate like part of US soccer right now in the next, what, what year are we in? We're like six years away from hosting the World Cup, right? So being part of that run up over the next six years in whatever capacity is like exciting for anybody involved in soccer, right? It's like the, the showpiece event for the US, obviously sharing with Canada as well, but and Mexico, but that's like a really exciting run up over the next six years of what happens to the game in this country in that time. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was just talking to a buddy of mine that is thinking about investing in a club, right? <clears throat> and, you know, I'm telling him, it's like, listen, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, like, at what level you're investing in, like, s- soccer is a, soccer is in the rise here in the US, mm. right? You got six, six years, five years before the, the World Cup comes to town. I think the World Cup is going to be the tipping point yeah. for like soccer as one of the, the biggest sports in, in the U.S., right? Yeah. Like there's all these like jokes about like, oh, it rivals baseball or hockey for, for passion. But like, you know, you look at the changing demographics in the United States, you look at the, um, you know, just look at like the demographics um, switch with the election, you look at soccer as a global sport, you look at the accessibility of watching uh, leagues uh, around the world, you look at US players being dominant in in leagues around the world, like all signs point to like, the world's game is going to be the US's primary sport at some point. And like, this this is this is where you want to be, right? And it's now then it's just like, what's the what's the best most like um what's the what's the best way to organize your own personal next six six years Mm -hmm. so you can have the biggest impact in terms of helping your community become one of those like soccer communities yeah that's amazing like i feel like we've had a front row seat for this in stockade where i met these people i met tons of people they're like i never watched a soccer game before i never miss a stockade game like had no interest in playing all they want to do is kick a ball you know and there was yeah this realization like two years in where it's like we don't just put on like this is not just like 90 minutes of soccer every weekend this is like we are creating fans where fans didn't exist like that's the job of a club at this at this level right you you create fans they're adult fans that then you know, consume soccer on TV and make money for, make advertising dollars for the Premier League and for MLS. They are like adult fans that convince their kids to play and their youth kids that are now like, this is something I want to do. Like, I want to I spend more time playing soccer or I want to start playing soccer. Like that, that's, that's what we do. Those are the four demographic, not four demographic, but the four groups of fans. And like our job is to, is to grow that. And if we grow that, then good things will happen to our club. How do I get more talented players? It's not me going out, sign, you know, spending, writing checks and signing players. Yeah. It's like, I make people care in our community. So five years from now, you know, the, the, you know, our open tryouts aren't just full of a bunch of like, hey, I like to play soccer, but they're like full of <laughs> badass players. And it's a hard decision, you know, who to keep and who to cut. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Spreading the gospel, I love it. Converting people into uh, into believers, soccer believers. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Hey, hey, listen, I know you're tight on time. So before we let you go, just mention the uh, the handles, like the social media for the team and yourself and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm Dennis. You can get me online at at Dens. The club is uh, Kingston Stockade uh, FC. We're up in Kingston, New York, about two hours north of New York City. Uh, all the handles are at Stockade FC. Cool. And uh, is there anything? Oh, Street FC. If you're in New York City, you want to play a game, just at Street FC. And then I'm, I'm happy to shoot the shit about soccer stuff all the time on the internet, on email, whatever. Just find me somewhere at Dens. So. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Dennis, I'll, I'll let you go, man. I appreciate that. It's been uh, really insightful and appreciate your time, brother. Yeah, man. Super fun. Thanks for getting me all fired up. It's always fun to have conversations like this. Yeah, I love it, man. Enjoy the day, all right? Be good to you. Yeah, peace. 
that's it everyone it's the end of today's show thank you for tuning in and checking us out big shout out to Dennis for coming on we'll be back on Tuesday myself and Tommy with the weekly show until then be safe be well get with us on the web at healthyobsession.soccer and we'll see you all on the other side cheers